Ephesians chapter 2, and uh, we will be reading verses 14 through 18 this morning. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Let's pray. Dear Lord, before we come to your table, we want to drink from your word. Please help us so that our hearts and our minds are ready to be renewed according to Christ. We are so thankful for the things that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is part two of a three-part communion meditation coming out of the second half of Ephesians. And our, our purpose here is to contemplate and to appreciate the fact that not only are we saved as individuals, but Christ has brought salvation to a whole group of people. This is an element of the gospel that may be overlooked. So we are, are so far removed from the fact that there was a separation between Jew and Gentile, between nations serving God and nations, and one nation, or one nation serving God and many nations not serving God. Last week we, we got a good sense of this from the verses that we went over, verse 12. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. So this was the Ephesians, and, and, and by extension, this is all nations outside of Israel. But there was a dramatic change. Christ brought near by his blood those who were far off. And if it hadn't happened, we wouldn't be here today. And so now we continue our study, starting at verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation. That first phrase, for he himself is our peace, is a critical part of this understanding. And, and, and it may have been difficult for the Ephesians to remember that. You see, they, they had a large societal change for them. Ephesus was very advanced in their paganism. So advanced that they earned the right to host the temple of the divine Julius Caesar and also another prominent Roman goddess. So things really changed for them. There was, a, there was a societal programmatic change, but it wasn't just programmatic. This was God's decree, but it came in the most personal way possible. It was very personal, as deep as it can get, for he himself is our peace. Reading on who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. 
Now, I want us to think about that phrase, the middle wall of separation, and to use it as an illustration. When you hear that phrase, if you're like me, you may be thinking that the wall of separation is our own personal sin. And, of course, there's great truth in that. There is separation from God because of our um, sin. But here, something else is in mind. This wall of separation is actually the ceremonial law. It's the temple worship. It's the, it's the mandated observances. It's the rite of circumcision. And most pointedly, most obviously, the end of animal sacrifice. That was the wall of separation that's in, that's in view here. And we get more of this as we read on in verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So this is not abolishing the moral law, but those contained in ordinances. It's, um, one, of the, one of the prayers this morning mentioned, I think it was John mentioned this morning, that it was um, Christ. It was the end of the sacrifices. And, and we get the sense of that because it says right here, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. But what about this? So as to create in himself one new man from the two. Again, let's think about this in an illustrative way. When you think about that, a new man, you might think that I'm a new man. And that's true. That's a truth. We, we know 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's a familiar passage. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And there's, there's a sense in which this is in view because personal salvation and corporate salvation are linked. They're linked in Christ. He reconciled all things to himself. But here, the one man is actually the church. And we get a sense of that as we read on in verse 16. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Matthew Henry said this, He made peace by the sacrifice of himself and came to reconcile Jews and Gentiles to each other. He framed both these parties into one new society, or body of God's people, uniting them to himself as their common head. So this, this one body, this new man, is actually the church. Let's read on, verse 17. This is very interesting. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. Jesus never went to Ephesus. So how could he have preached to those, to you, who were afar off. The same way he does to us today. He preaches to us today by his word. And this was nothing new to Jesus, of course. He knew this was coming. In John 10, 16, this is what he says. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. We, we talked last week about the fact that Jesus didn't preach to the Gentiles. He even, he even restricted his apostles from doing that. 
go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It was not until he ascended and the father and the son sent the spirit that preaching was to the Gentiles. But yet it says here that they will hear my voice. Did you get the sense of that? He's gone and we still hear his voice. What wonderful proof that Jesus' words are still with us here today. Okay, one last verse, verse 18. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So that we, as both Jew and Gentile, have, one, have access by one spirit to the Father. And it really had to be this way. You see, the Lord doesn't make separate ways for individuals to be saved, nor does he make separate ways for nations to be saved, for corporate peoples to be saved. And we as Americans don't understand this. We don't like restrictions. We don't like exclusions. We don't even understand those things. To us, to us, it is, it is of, of great value to have equal access, unfettered access. But God's way is actually a way that is restrictive. Specific access. Only if God makes a way can we get in. And thankfully, he has. He's united, Jew and Gentile, in one body in the church. As we approach the table, please don't miss the fact that we would, we would not be here if Christ had not broken down the wall of separation. Let's pray. Dear Father, by the sacrifice of your Son, you kept your promise to extend your grace to all nations. We see from your word that there is only one way for us to be saved as individuals and as a people. Thank you for breaking down the wall and creating one new man, thus making peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.